There's one thing that advisors kind of have a tendency to get wrong, and it's when they are trying to make things more complex for their clients in order to prove their value. It's such a powerful mindset shift. Some of the most successful advisors that I've that I've seen really innately understand that clients are hiring them to kind of take over the important and the complex, but not to like put that on display for them and not to drag them into the complexity, but to really guide them past the complexity into the simplicity. Welcome to the Beacon Flash, the go-to podcast for enterprise wealth management professionals looking to stay ahead of the curve. Hosted by Chip Kispert, Managing Director of Beacon Strategies, this podcast explores the future of the industry and the most pressing issues facing today's top leaders. Join us each week as we sit down with industry experts to discuss the opportunities and strategies for success. Good morning. I am so excited to have Aaron Klein, CEO of Nitrogen, with us today. Aaron, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Chip. Aaron, you have uh, you've been in um, transition mode to say the least over the past six months. It's true, uh, it's fun to watch. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I, you know, we've we've just had this really kind of remarkable decade of of having the incredible opportunity to serve so many financial advisors. And, you know, we embarked on this journey in 2011. We, we really believed that you could uh, really transform how investors see great results and, and empower the world to invest fearlessly if you could help them understand how much risk they were taking, help them understand how to perceive that, help advisors, help financial advisors really tell their story more effectively. And we just believe that more people needed access to great financial advice and, and frankly, uh, advisors needed a great way to help their clients see and understand the things that they've been telling those clients for years, uh, because humans have this remarkable ability to sabotage their investing. So we embarked on this journey in 2011. The first thing that we built was, uh, a, you know, a quantitative, objective way for advisors to measure risk tolerance on the part of their clients. Then we built, you know, the ability to drive risk alignment between, you know, a client and their portfolio, and. We kind of named the company after that first feature that we built, and we named it Riskalyze. And, and then we embarked on this decade of building all of these other capabilities, because what, what we very quickly realized is the reason that people bought Riskalyze, uh, risk was a means to an end. The end that they were coming aboard to accomplish was actually driving growth in their firms. There was nothing more powerful for either bringing a client aboard or keeping them aboard, retaining them in their firm, then setting the right expectations and saying, you know, Chip, you're telling me you're a risk 45, like your portfolio is currently invested like a risk 82. And let me show you how we can bring that into alignment. And then let me show you how we keep that in alignment over time. And so, you know, we just embarked on this decade of building out this very broad growth platform for wealth management firms. And along the way, a number of very visionary wealth management firms started to say, hey, this is how we actually create a, a consistent growth process in the firm at scale. This is how we scale up the impact of all of this to our advisors as a whole. But you know, we realized about a year ago, we would walk into these larger firms and I would just say maybe we'd gotten through the early adopters with the large firms, the ones who are on the bleeding edge, right? 
And and when we got into a, a, a bit more mature part of the curve of some of these larger firms, so we'd walk in and talk to these firms, Chip, and they would say things like, well, listen, we've heard of you guys. We You've got a great reputation. Many of our advisors love to use you. We don't even understand why. Because you're like a risk tolerance tool. We don't need one of those in our firm. Like, we're fine. Like, we don't need a risk tolerance tool in our firm. So, you know, we we just came to realize, um, somebody very wise said to me, you know, branding is such a double-edged sword. If you do it really poorly, you can change your brand to have it mean anything you want it to mean. If you do it really, really well, you are stuck in the box that you've created for yourself. And it was as if Jeff Bezos had named his company onlinebookstore.com. Like Riskalyze was not going to get us to the next level of helping wealth management firms see the growth platform that we had built for them. And um, so we're, we're, we're excited about it. We today have large firms coming to us looking for the growth platform that we deliver instead of stumbling over it uh, like they have for the last decade. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, one of the things I've always admired about your firm is you're branded, right? And mm. and you're marketing. You, you've always told such a fabulous story, right? And then really over the last year, I and it was interesting because I was thinking, all right, what's next? What's next? Yeah. What's next? And then, you know, before I know it, knew it, you reached out and you said, hey, want to talk to you. We're doing some new things. And, and yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I love seeing you grow. You're, you're Thank you. the innovators in the industry. You've changed the way many advisors work with their customers for the better. And, you know, you are a very, very special person within our industry. Uh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's very kind. And I, I, you know, I would just say risk carried us as a firm for a long time. And I think we came to the conclusion that risk was a means to an end and the end was growth. And it was time to be really, really clear with the industry and create clarity around what that means to an end or what that what that end is. And it's been interesting because if there's been any, you know, just speaking really candidly, if there's been any blowback against the nitrogen name, it's just been a small percentage of the solo advisor firms. And you know why? Because they were using the Riskalyze brand with their clients, Right. So the means is more important to them than the end. And so they're sitting there going, well, gosh, like I, I, I recognize that nitrogen means growth to me. And you're right. Like Riskalyze always was the means to the end for that growth for me. But like I, I, I want to make my client the hero. And I've been using your brand with my clients. And, and, you know, I think that's a very noble aspiration for those advisors my advice to those advisors has been, listen, you can keep using the Riskalyze brand. We will always be the makers of Riskalyze. It's part of our legacy, our heritage. We're, we're, we'll continue to own that brand. Honestly, the other thing you can do is you can do what our original intent was, which is we invented the risk number brand for you to use with your clients. Notice our logo has never been in it. We designed that to kind of fit in under your brand and never contradict it because we're not a direct-to-consumer brand. You know, right. you're the one who owns the client relationship. And so, so anyway, that's been that's been going really well. And we're really heartened and excited by the response to it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So one of the things I kind of want to shift to is, you know, we've seen probably some of the most incredible transformation in t- over the last five to seven years. COVID really was a big driver as we yeah. look at the customer and their their needs going forward. Right. And transparency to data. Right. So oh. how do you see the needs of the investor customer 
influencing the role of the advisor going forward and what does that look like? Yeah, I I, I think that's such a profound point. And there has been like a decade of digital transformation stuffed into like a year, year and a half that happened between 2020 and the middle of 2021, right? Yes. And it's, it's impacted our product strategy in different ways. I mean, here's one example. We actually in 2016 or so built a meetings capability into our product, which basically was, hey, you're on the phone with your client, have your client go to meetmyadvisor.com and punch in a six digit code and you can show them what you're talking about rather than just talk it talk it out, okay? Because nobody had a Zoom account, right? <laughs> that didn't exist. And so that was a really innovative and great product capability. And we just sunsetted it because in COVID, we saw the usage of it triple overnight. Like it just exploded. And then it collapsed down because everybody went, well, we just shifted to Zoom. Like we learned how to live digitally. And now we're using Zoom for this. And we're still using all the nitrogen analytics, but we don't need nitrogen's meeting feature to do that anymore because we just share the screen on Zoom and off we go. Right. Okay. So it's it's fascinating how, again, that's one of those kinds of technology shifts that would typically take a decade to take hold. Mm-hmm. And it's just like been stuffed down into like a year and a half. So, you know, if there's one thing as I think about all of that transformation that I think advisors, I, I you know, I, I was thinking uh, about that the other day and I'm like, there's one thing that advisors kind of have a tendency to get wrong. And it's when they are trying to make things more complex for their clients in order to prove their value. And I I just think that it's such a powerful mindset shift. Some of the most successful advisors that that I've seen really innately understand that clients are hiring them to kind of take over the important and the complex but not to like put that on display for them and not to drag them into the complexity, but to really guide them past the complexity into the simplicity. And I would just say like, I've come to a really strong conclusion, particularly, and I, and again, I think it's accelerated by COVID. I think it's accelerated by putting things on the screen in Zoom. I think it's accelerated by how communication styles have changed with COVID. But, you know, I'll just put it this way. If a financial advisor is spending their energy trying to take their clients into the complexity in sort of a misguided effort to prove their value, they're losing. They're losing to another financial advisor who can say, I'll, I'll get you past the complexity and I'll take you to a place of simplicity and understanding because that does not cheapen that advisor's value in any way. Well, you make a great point. And it's funny because we've been working with some of our advisors. Mm-hmm. One of them who's mutual and, and a, a mutual customer. Mm-hmm. And we're working on exactly that, right? We're working on starting okay. with the simple, right? What's their financial health? Yep. Right? And then for those engineer types, they have yes. the ability to drill down only if yes. they want to. Yes. It makes so much sense. And at the end of the day, we all have to earn our place in the world. And it's all about the client. Okay. And I think the best financial advisors are ones that, you know, yes, they're going to bring process to the table. They're going to bring consistency to the table, 
but they're also going to recognize that they have to adapt that process to meet the client where they're at, because ultimately this is a people-driven business. This is a relationship-driven business and, and people are trying to build trust with you and decide that they're going to put their life savings in your hands to help, you know, guide them to the other side. And that is a place, I mean, it's, first of all, it's incredibly noble work. Second of all, it's a place of that requires immense trust and you have to meet people where they're at. You can't just go one size fits all. I mean, if, if your clients wanted that, they could go and get a robo advisor to, to put their money on autopilot. Like that's, that's right. not a great idea. You go to E-Trade, you go to any That's right. Trade. You go to, that's right. Yeah, you go to Marcus, right? Are you tired of searching for piecemeal solutions to your wealth management education needs? Look no further than Beacon Strategies University. Our comprehensive learning management platform is tailored to equip your employees with the essential knowledge to excel in the wealth and retirement industry. With a wealth of experience in the field, we've curated the most valuable education and resources to help you navigate the complexities of wealth management. Upgrade your team's skills and stay ahead of the game. Visit www.beaconstrategiesllc.com slash contact dash us to learn more and take the first step towards success. So I'm shifting gears here. So we've yeah. talked a little bit about innovation. We've talked a little bit about your organization. There's a lot of rhetoric out there right now on artificial intelligence. Yeah. You know, where do you see AI having a meaningful impact in what advisors are doing and yeah. in the, you know, the, the enterprise wealth firms as they're trying to support advisors? Yeah. And, you know, what changes or trans- transformations do you see being driven potentially yeah. by AI? So, you know, five years ago, I think I was on stage somewhere and I said, the only true deployment of AI in our industry is in press releases. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, 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 I think that that was true five years ago. And I would tell you, I am incredibly excited about the new phase of generative AI that we are stepping into. And I think that there's going to be an incredible, I think that this is a platform shift. I think there's going to be an incredible transformation over the next couple of years, leveraging this technology. It's going to be very interesting to see how it impacts financial advisors, because I think there's a really important component of, of where generative AI is at that I'm not sure a lot of people see and understand yet. And that's this, generative AI is very good when you don't need something to be precise and perfect. Okay. If you've seen the new Indiana Jones movie, AI has been used to basically generate, to de-age Harrison Ford, who's 80 years old, into scenes that are freshly filmed where he looks 40, okay? And it's really good. It's it's like, if you don't know that it's happening and you're not asking how how in the world did they do this, like, you probably wouldn't be able to tell, okay? Just believing. Right. But the thing about it is that that AI doesn't need to be perfect. And what I mean by that is if the shading on the side of his face is off by one or two colors, okay, like you're never going to know. Like like that's the kind of thing that AI can do really, really, really well. And you're never going to see those small things. And it's just going to get better and better and better and better and better. So where it 
can really struggle is when it needs to be perfect and what what when it needs to be very precise. And what generative AI is is starting to prove is that it can get closer and closer and closer to that level of perfection, but it still needs humans to A, provide the creative spark and B, to edit, you know, and to, and to approve. And I think one of the most interesting things is going to be, I, I, I my prediction right now is that the most interesting thing is that we're going to be able to use this technology to take unstructured data and turn it into structured data much more quickly than we were in the past. It's mm-hmm. still going to need, it's going to take a lot of experimentation. It's going to need, you know, the financial advisor to look at that data that was unstructured that we just tried to make structured with the technology and verify that it's right. Okay. But it's going to save immense amounts of time on the part of financial advisors who are manually moving data between systems, who are manually restructuring data into different formats and things like that. It's going to save immense amounts of time. And I think it's one of the things that is going to dramatically accelerate access to financial advice because advisors are going to be able to uh, handle more clients, take down minimums, you know, profitably serve smaller clients do things to expand access to advice, which I find most financial advisors would really like to do. Their limit is time. And so when the technology can take the drudgery out of work and you just get the chance to, to you know, serve more people because you like to do that, it's going to be an amazing, amazing future for those financial advisors. So it's, it's interesting because if I dissect your words there, right, what I really yeah. took away was, and we had talked about customer service earlier, it's really going to drive a lot of enablement for advisors in the customer servicing aspect. Totally. Totally. And I, I, you know, this is a imperfect analogy because, you know, what financial advisors do is by necessity, more personal, more specific to the client and more complex than say what our customer care reps do for advisors. Okay. What our customer care reps do for advisors is some is somewhat repetitive, somewhat similar by advisor. Okay. And I've got an army of humans who are responding to advisor emails and, or chats, you know, that are relatively similar to each other. So I can tell you right now that what generative AI is going to do for our own operation is it's going to very intelligently look at the data behind this client, look at the features they're using, look at these other advisors that have been using the same features and maybe the problems they had, flag those things for our product team so we can put a little bit more focus there, but also probably pre-draft a response to the customer saying, oh, here's how you'd fix that problem or here's how you'd solve that, okay? And... You know, one of the things I was talking with my team about the other day is I said, we have to instrument that very, very carefully because here's the thing. If if our customer care rep is using the pre-drafted response back to the advisor 0% of the time, then that means that the AI is not very good. That means that the technology is not very good and it's not doing its job well and we haven't engineered it correctly. On the flip side, if the customer care rep is not editing it and just hitting send 100% of the time, (laughs) then we are also not doing our job right because we're not making sure that we're working with the customer in a personal way and really looking with with the creative spark of a human to make sure that we're addressing that customer's need. So we got to instrument this very carefully because we're 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 not trying to do either of those things, right? You got guardrails on both sides of the road. 
That's right. And so, you know, the same thing is going to be true. It's an imperfect analogy, but the same thing is going to be true, I think, for financial advisors. Life is just going to get a lot easier because the technology is going to be able to go beneath the surface and 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 say, this is probably the right solution for your client. You you now take your expertise and ingenuity as an advisor and edit that and hit go, and we're going to go execute it. Right. And interesting. Great thought. All right. What keeps you up at night as you think about the wealth marketplace mm. and looking forward? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. One one would, and it's really about change and inertia. And, you know, we are in an industry that tends to operate about a decade in the past, not at the bleeding edge. <laughs> you're, being, you're being nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, like, look, these are the people I admire and love, and we love serving, okay? Yep. But it's just the reality that if you look at our at our industry as a whole, like, we often are, are kind of living a bit and operating a little bit like a decade in the past. Sure. And if we cling to some of those things of the past, whether that is leading clients down into the complexity to prove our value, whether that is, you know, old ways of thinking about technology, whether that is, you know, I, I would say a, a, another interesting challenge is like kind of like the chasing of the tail of like, should I should I go with kind of like lowest common denominator all in one solutions or should I go with best of breed, well integrated solutions? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, to me, one of the great challenges that we've got to solve in this industry, and I we're making a lot of progress. We're investing a lot in this, and I think we're making a lot of progress in this regard. But like I I don't care how big and broad nitrogen gets. I will continue to be a believer that best of breed solutions with focused innovation are always going to be the best solution for firms. And so therefore it's on us as technology providers to make sure that we are providing seamless integrate, seamless workflow integrations. I think integration just gets a little overused and it's like, oh, they got single sign-on. They got a little bit of data going back and forth. No, we need seamless workflow integrations and we need to do, you know, I, I, I keep pushing our team. I'm like, we need to be thinking about this at a deep linking level. And what I mean by that is, is when it pops up in your CRM that you need to do this thing in nitrogen, I don't want you to go to nitrogen, search for the client and drill three levels deep. I want you to click in the CRM and be three levels deep in the app off and running. And so these are the kinds of things that, you know, I think, I think we, it's on us as technology providers to get to those seamless workflow integrations, you know, for advisors. Well, and I think you've done a very nice job of that. You plug and play, like, you know, our, the for our enterprise customers that we're working with, maybe yeah. they're using Salesforce, maybe they're using Redtail, maybe they're, yeah. whatever they're using, you plug and play very, very nicely. We do. And yet I still like, and I'm, I'm my worst critic on this, but I, I still constantly am like, let's find ways to push the curve on that because... That is how you get to real value for these organizations, I would argue, in the enterprise is, you know, change management is hard for them. Training is hard for them. Getting advisors to adopt is hard for them. And, you know, we have firms. It's very interesting because, and you know this well, like firms have to make decisions and they have to make, you know, frankly, pragmatic business decisions about what are they going to mandate? 
versus what are they going to encourage? And we've had to realize that, you know, we have cut, we have clients on both sides of that equation. Yes. And some of our clients with the best results mandate nitrogen. They go, you can't do business at our, at our firm unless it's run, you know, like you run it through a nitrogen proposal. And yes. those firms have driven their meeting to client conversion rates up 113%. Okay. You know, so some of the best results have happened in, in, on that side of the fence. But a lot of firms will say, listen, I don't have the ability to mandate that for my advisors. They'll leave. Okay. I can't tell them what to do. We're in a different, a different affiliation model. We have a different set of dynamics there. I can't tell them what to do. And for those firms, that's why we're rolling out a lot of these insights capabilities because we need to equip the firms to go in and persuade the advisors. Like, hey, Tom, the reason Jill is so much more successful than you as an advisor is look at the activity she's undertaking in nitrogen to drive these outcomes. If you would follow the same process, you're going to see the same kind of result. So, you know, I think I think it's it's you you know it when you get into those enterprises, they've got to decide which which way they're going to go and then we've got to put resources behind helping them drive that adoption. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge issue. So, yeah. uh, good great point. All right, so as we're wrapping up, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give you the final word. We love to take 90 second, share your thoughts. This is your little editorial. I mean, that's crazy, Chip, because I've never gotten the final word on anything in my entire life. But but that's very kind of you. Um, no, I, 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 I love your focus and what you do for your clients. And we're so proud to have some great joint clients together that we get to serve. And, and I, I appreciate our partnership in that way. And I'll, I'll just say this. like I think what is so critical for wealth management firms and for advisors is, number one, that they focus on making sure that they pick great technology partners with best of breed solutions, where you have the ability to own your own data, certainly where you can pull your data out and leverage it to drive business value, but where your tech partners are really helping you leverage your data to help drive value faster. And then it creates the opportunity to bring great expertise to the table like your firm to figure out how to tie all of that together and actually get the results out of those investments uh, that wealth management firms need to make. To me, that's the most critical thing that firms need to do if they're really going to scale and grow. Aaron, thank you very much. What a wonderful 30 minutes we've just spent talking about the issues of the world within wealth management. Really appreciate you spending the time with us and absolutely had a blast. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great rest of your week. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Beacon Flash podcast. We're always working to bring you the latest insights and trends in the industry. To stay up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to visit our website at www.beaconstrategiesllc.com to learn more about our consulting services and the Beacon Roundtable offerings.